Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today with our sermon recap for the week. It was good to be back with you this week. I know I missed the Sunday. I was out of town. Uh, but back in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 18, we continue on. Probably two more sermons in Ephesians, and then we're going to wrap Ephesians up and move on to some psalms for uh, some of the summertime, and then we'll see what we're going to do from there. But uh, this week, Ephesians 6, verse 18 It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So really my outline for the sermon was the outline I think that Paul kind of gives us there, Uh, praying at all times, praying in the spirit, praying with all prayer and supplication, uh, praying uh, and keeping alert with all perseverance and then making supplication for all the saints was really the, the points. Uh, that we did there. Uh, It can get a little uh, daunting, I believe, when we start to talk about prayer. Everything I read on prayer, every commentary that talks about prayer, every pastor I've listened to that preaches on prayer, all say the same thing. Prayer is very important. And we see that in the Bible too. I mean, we see the importance of prayer all over the place, even in, as I mentioned in the sermon, even in Jesus's life. I mean, Jesus was so often going off on his own to pray to speak to the Father, and they would find him praying. And so I think as Christians, this is not something that we need to be convinced about necessarily because I think we would all say this. We would all know this. But what I've also found, interestingly, is in almost every single commentary, every single sermon I've heard, the person writing or the person speaking also then goes on to say, and this is one area I'm very weak in. And I think it would be the same for most Christians that, again, they know prayer is important, They know what the Bible says about prayer, even though there's probably some confusion about the role of prayer in a Christian's life. Uh, But most Christians know they should be praying. And again, I think most Christians would say, but this is just something I'm not the best at. And so in preaching uh, this passage, I wanted to be faithful to the text here. And I hope that we will be in this uh, review as well, faithful to the text. But I also knew that in walking through this text, what was probably going to happen was everybody sitting in the church and in the pews, instead of being all excited about prayer, was going to sit there and be down about how bad they are at it. And I I just could get that sense even in writing this message, because I know for myself as well, it's like, gosh, these things are so elementary. We teach them to our kids the importance of prayer, and even kids would say that. But yet we still fail at it so often. And so I even felt this weight in writing it. It's like, man, I'm not, I don't do a good enough job in this. I should devote more time to prayer, more specific time to prayer. Or even in the first, the first thing that Paul says here, praying at all times. Like, how often is my mind on prayer? And not just like prayer specifically, but how often is my mind on the things of God as I walk around, as I work as I live my life, trying to think in that way. And in so doing and thinking about these things, you know, essentially having a conversation with God about it at the, at the same time. And, and honestly, it's, it's not all the time. Uh, And so when Paul lays this out, he, he just has gone through the spiritual armor, right? He's laid all this stuff out and he, he rolls right into, right into prayer And so it seems like there's this connection here with the armor of God that we have been given in prayer, just praying that God would use the armor to protect us, to help us to defend uh, the faith, to help us to go out and share the gospel with people, that prayer should be a vital part of all of of this as we live our lives in faith uh, in the Lord together. 
but again, I, I just know the struggle behind it for for most Christians. I don't know. Have, you guys all have have preached at times. You've you've taught classes. Um, has prayer ever been a topic that you've preached on or or taught on specifically? Do you remember? You got any? Of you? I went through the Lord's prayers, part yeah. of uh, going through the sermon through the, on the mountain and everything. Right. So I mean, you talk I'm about sure it there. You, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Did you come across? Have you guys come across uh, kind of what I what I'm saying here, where it seems like most people know about prayer, but would also say that they are weak in in their prayer life? Does that seem to be a common thing that you come across? Or mm-hmm. yes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say yes. Um, it wasn't this past winter, but two winters ago at uh, the Youth's Disciple Now retreat mm-hmm. where we, we taught on prayer. Uh, it was a big emphasis of ours, of, of prayer. And I think from that experience, I mean, at least with our youth in that in that one moment, it was a realization that, like, we just don't know how to pray. Like, no people, it's not very common, I guess, for people to be taught how to pray. You know, yeah, I so think that's, that's one a, reason maybe why it's weak. I think it's yeah. a good thing to talk about too, because as we look at the first like three things really that Paul mentions, he says we are to pray at all times in the Spirit, and we are to pray with all prayer and and supplication. And so, if we just kind of stop there, I know that's like three points of the message, but trying to talk uh, intelligently about what does it mean to pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. It does seem weird that Paul would say praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer. What do you mean, praying with prayer? You know, in supplication. And so I, I think maybe that'd be a good thing for us to discuss here is how this then plays out in the believer's life. Because um, I mentioned First Thessalonians as well. What was it? First Thessalonians five, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, five seventeen. Which, by the way, you should memorize this verse. It's a good one to use if you ever get drilled. Like, how many memory verses do you mm-hmm. know? I know this one. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus wept. It's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one to add to that list, uh, Scott. Um, but then, what does that really look like? You know, I mentioned it in the sermon, so I, I did mention. Does this mean I should go into my war room? Was that, video, that movie? You know, that Christian. Movie? I've never watched it, but. I've heard about it. Uh, you make your little closet with your sticky notes and you get in there and you pray. Am I supposed to do that 24 hours a day? You know, uh, am I supposed to be kneeling at my bed 24 hours a day? Should we have the church open 24 hours a day for people to come to the steps of the of the stage and to kneel and pray 24 hours a day? Is that what Paul is getting at? I think we would all say, come on, that's dumb. No, he's not. Well, then what does it mean? How do we, how do we then pray without ceasing? How do we pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. What what does this actively look like in the believer's life? I thought your quote that you shared by, I think it was Ian Hamilton, I don't know if these are his, his exact words, but when he said that prayer is the basic disposition of a life of faith, yeah, I think that I think that captures really well what what is getting across at this time of like with at all times, pray at all times or pray without ceasing. Is that that's just a basic disposition? Um, you're always trying to be connected to the Lord, you know, with, through praying for your needs or if something good happening through, like you walked us through that acrostic. I'm sure you will in a little bit again, but yeah, it's just a basic disposition. It's just kind of how you're postured throughout your day, yeah, and what you're doing. So, 
So does that mean then that throughout the whole day, the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I am literally having a conversation with God? Like I'm, I'm talking out loud? Am I talking in my head? What does this mean to have the basic disposition in this life of faith? To you, to you guys. You know. Well, I think, and you, you said it too, it's like, um, you know, sometimes you can just kind of shoot out those like, Lord, help me or be, be with me in this situation. Look at Nehemiah, you know, for example, when he, before he went to Artaxerxes, he's like, Lord, grant your servant favor, you know, as I bring mm-hmm. this request. So I think it's not necessarily always like continue, like having this conversation ongoingly throughout the whole day because we're you know, we, we're doing tasks, we, you know, we're doing our work, we're doing our family life, whatever. But it's in those moments, like maybe we're driving or somebody's in our mind or like, Oh, hmm, I haven't thought about that person. Lord, I pray that you'd be with this person. Just kind of like trying to, I think it was a brother Lawrence talked about practicing the presence of God, just kind of bringing to our mind, um, or just in the, in our moments of, in our rhythms, if you will, of our day, kind of practicing awareness with God. Mm-hmm. And I don't, do that great. I mean, there's times where I've tried, but, you know, I, I think it's kind of like, yes, we have our prayer time in the morning, maybe devotional time, and then we have, like, me- before meals, and then, like, throughout the day, like, oh, you know, you have a little bit of downtime or whatever, you know, bringing that into your awareness, if you will. So that's kind of how I thought of it. I will say this, though. It's something I was thinking about. As you were, you mentioned that movie, like, War Room, where, like, you go into your closet, you have all these sticky notes of things you're praying for, and, like, there's probably good things and bad things uh, in that movie, to be honest. But I, I would say this, and it's not because I do this well. It's probably because I don't do it very well, like you were saying in your sermon. Um, I think the reason that we, that a lot of Christians probably don't have that disposition to be prayerful throughout the day is because there is not a specific time of their day where they do nothing but pray, like an intentional time, mm-hmm. like whether you mentioned like waking up having a devotion. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of Christians don't have that time. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would argue that if we did have that, then this would be more of a reality in our day, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's what comes to my mind is a frustration within myself of how I can go throughout a whole day and maybe even... the thought of God's goodness to me hasn't crossed my mind throughout the day. And there's been many things probably that were good in that day. Mm -hmm. Could have been a good dinner. Could have been a good lunch. Could have been a good conversation with somebody. Uh, You know, whatever uh, it could be. And I think as Christians, it should be on the forefront of our minds to be, to be thinking about that often. Um, But we can get so caught up in our everyday, whatever it is. I know, Amanda and I have had a, a really busy last like week and a half to two weeks, but it's been all awesome things. And it took us almost to the end of that week and a half or two weeks to actually then mention it. You know, uh, we had the chance to like go away, just the two of us, to Florida. And but before that, my dad got sick when he was down there, and it, it altered plans with the kids because. We relied on them, and my dad would do anything to get out of watching the grandkids, I guess, even get sick and go to the hospital. <laughs> and so it, it caused like a little, you're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then there's all this rush, and then there's the airport stuff. And But, but you know, so we did that, and then it was like, oh, Jackson, uh, you know, he's been doing really good in track, and his uh, his team has been doing really good. Now they make it they made it to states, and it's like, oh, okay, we got to add this to the list now, and we got to work out plans here, blah, 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 going, 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 and then – you know, her dad just bought a, a place. He's retired now, and it's a beautiful place, and he's got a lake that we're a part of. I'm like, oh, he's invited us there. All right, now let's go over here. And it 
So we're going through all of this where it can feel like a lot of, uh, again, again, it's good things. I'm not saying anything bad, but just because of the schedule of things, you can start to think like, oh, all right, I'm going here, I'm going here. And it was in one of the car rides into one of the places. I don't remember where we were going, but where it was like, man, we've been so busy. Like, I feel like I haven't had a second of downtime, really. But it's all been really awesome things that God allows us to have and to be a part of, you know, and having our kids is a blessing. Seeing them succeed in things is awesome. Like it's a, that's a great thing to do or, or to be a part of a, a community and enjoy the team thing with other parents is, is really exciting and fun or getting to go spend time with the family uh, for Memorial weekend. And if it just fishing or doing whatever, wow, what a blessing. And it took a conversation. It seemed like of, of man and I and God working in that to say, Look at these great blessings I've given you. And and I think if you had a disposition of prayer normally, you'd be just thanking God for that and reveling in that as you're being a part of these things. And, and so it doesn't mean you're like off in the corner kneeling down, thanking God mm-hmm. for this stuff, but just having this disposition like, God, these are good things you've given me. Mm-hmm. Or God, this conversation that I'm now in is a conversation you're allowing me to be in. Uh, work through this. I, I don't know if this person's a Christian. So however this conversation goes, we might not even bring up God. I don't know. But just use it mm-hmm. in their life, you know. God, thank you for the. I th- I think that's more of what Paul's talking about here, and uh, I think that's what we oftentimes can struggle with because of the hecticness of life. And mm-hmm. so, what you said, Scott, I think is is important of having that time of a day of the day when you do go off on your own, away from your wife, away from your kids, away from work, whatever it might be. And some for some of you, it might be during work, during lunch. Uh, when I was working, you know, at Ford and stuff, that's when I did mine was during lunch. I'd go to my car all on my own, crack my windows. I had a half an hour or whatever, eat my lunch and read or prepare for Sunday school or whatever I was doing that, doing that week. Um, but it just puts your mind on that track of like, yes, this is who I am. This is what God has done for me. Got a busy schedule day or whatever it is, but I want to live it for him. So God help me to, you know, focus on you even in the midst of focusing on the big project that I have at work or, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, again, easier said than done <laughs> yeah. in life. But what that does is, I mean, that's by doing that, by prioritizing that, what you're doing is recognizing your absolute dependence on God mm-hmm. to do all of this anyways, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to not prioritize that means that you think having more time in your schedule is what's going to allow you to actually do these things and do them well, as opposed to having the Lord's help with you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which one of those is more important? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was at uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church preaching, I remember I did a, a thing on prayer. And I remember uh, people talking about how hard it is to pray because they didn't know what to pray for. And uh, you mentioned that uh, acrostic that I talked about, Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I remember I did a simple little thing. I sat in my office and I said, what are things I should be praying for? And I just started writing as big as the president of the United States, right? And so I, I wrote it. I don't remember who it was then, whatever. President of the United States, vice president. And I'm like, well, there's probably other leaders, mayor of Monroe, governor of Michigan. Just start writing these big, huge general things down, world events that are taking place. I remember just penning it down. I'm like, okay, what about personally? My wife. But then you could branch off of there. Well, what specific things for your wife? Boom, boom, boom. List it. Each child. Okay. Well, my parents. Well, my brother. Oh, my grandparents. Like I just started, the next thing I knew, 
I had many pages full of prayer requests and I had not thought that hard. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't like sitting there trying to just rack my brain. It just easily flowed out as I was trying to think about things. Uh, and I had all this stuff, but to that point, there has been many of times in my life where I'm like, all right, I'm going to pray now. Uh, God, thank you <laughs> for today. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And it's just like, man, what is that? And I think that again, that's part of that spiritual battle Mm-hmm. that's taking place and we just talked about the armor of god and how satan is you know throwing these fiery darts at us i think this is a ploy of satan to keep us from prayer from communing with god through prayer that he has given us uh, where we even let our minds just go lackadaisical and so if that's you you know if you're someone who's like I, when i pray i just don't know what to do i'd encourage you to start writing things down get a little journal a little a pad of paper some sticky notes and just jot some things down. Take some time to do that. And I promise you'll find very quickly that pad of sticky notes start to fill up. Mm. Especially if you use this, if you use this across that we talk about adoration. So first, when you pray, praising God for who he is, what he's done. Uh, this is why I think it's so important to use scripture as a guide as you, as you pray. Because it helps remind you of these things. That leads to confession. Take some time to confess to the Lord. Sins in your life. You know, again, another long list, I'm sure, if you start <laughs> sit down and, and think about it. Uh, but then that leads into Thanksgiving, because as a child of God, if you've been saved by his grace, you know that God has forgiven you of those sins. And so that leads to great Thanksgiving, uh, not just then of spiritual things, but then you can spend time thanking God for material things that he's blessed all of us with, uh, which, again, would take a long time if you just sat there and did that. And then supplication is, you know, all other prayers, your, your own needs, but the needs of other people. And so you spend time praying for the people around you, their needs, their hurts, your own hurts, your own desires, all these things that God wants to hear. Uh, and so I think that's just a, a practical thing when it comes to prayer that can be done. Again, you're not doing that all day long, maybe that type of praying. Uh, but hopefully at some point in the day, you do have time to sit, reflect, and go to God, your creator, who wants to hear from you, who encourages us mm-hmm. to call him father and that he's adopted us into his family and he and he wants to uh, hear from us. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any um, good practical advice maybe on prayer that you've heard over the years? I'm not saying that you've implemented that you're just awesome at, but any good practical advice maybe that you guys could give or help when it comes to prayer? Well, something I thought about in your sermon, you said it about praying the scriptures. That was really helpful to me when I was, I think in my early 20s, you know, newer newer in the faith, and it was a pastor from a Christian camp that I worked at, and I, you know, was kind of struggling with it. He's like, well, why don't you pray scripture? And he kind of taught me how to, especially the Psalms, mm-hmm. those are basically yeah. David's prayer journal, <laughs> more or less, you know, his poems of prayer and desperation, crying out to God. And so that was a good practice that I learned early on to pray scripture. So now sometimes still, not always, you know, but sometimes when I'm, when I'm, you know, looking at a text, you know, I'm trying to just do my daily devotional. I'm like, I should pray this, you know, and try to let these words soak into my, into my soul and pray it back to God. Mm-hmm. And you see that, you know, in scripture, you see, you know, uh, great examples of prayers in Nehemiah, like I mentioned, uh, Moses' prayers, you know, and so forth. So Psalms are, are I think, the, one of the great, a good start, a good place to start. So if you're struggling with, you know, how do I pray? You know, the acrostic is great, as we just mentioned, 
Obviously, the Lord's Prayer is a model to kind of use as a template, but also go to the Psalms and just start praying through the Psalms and just letting those words become your words and going from there. So, Yeah, Donald Whitney has a book. Do we still have that available, uh, Praying the Bible? I don't know if it's out there. It yeah, we be. had it. We had it out there um, for a while, but it's a it's a small book. It's not like it's a huge book. Um, it's very practical, uh, but it, it's on doing what you had said, Dave. It's on how do you uh, pray in the Bible? Because you know you can say that you guys need to pray the Bible. What does that mean? Do I just sit here and read Romans? You know, or what? Yeah. What, what does it look like? And Whitney does a good job in talking about what that looks like practically, mm-hmm. going through the Psalms, going through some of Paul's prayers, mm-hmm. uh, different things like that, and then how to do that in your life. And it's actually something, uh, when we were meeting on Wednesdays and have a prayer meeting, it's what we were doing in our prayer meeting. We were mm-hmm. taking a Psalm. We were following Whitney's book of how he says how he says to do it. We were taking the Psalm for that day and just praying through that Psalm of what that, of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when people would say pray scripture, it sounded very robotic. Um, Cause I mentioned that in my sermon too. When, when someone would say you should pray scripture, I thought of the Roman Catholics because every Roman Catholic thing I'd ever been a part of, they would pray the Lord's prayer. I never really heard a prayer other than that mm-hmm. in those circles. I just heard the Lord's prayer. So I didn't even know if like they ever, what I would have called prayed on their own. Is there anything uh, personal in your prayer. It was just that. And so that's what my mind went to was like a cold in my mind, like a, like a yeah, cold robotic prayer life. Um, but after reading that book and walking through Psalms and prayer, I saw that that's not what it was at all. Uh, and so I don't know, I guess I could turn to a Psalm and kind of, kind of give an example. I mean, as you're doing that, I think something also that I don't know if is in his praying the Bible book, but I learned from Donald Whitney as well, is something called the Psalms of the Day, uh, which is uh, basically if you just take whatever day of the month it is, say it's the second day of the month. Do you know what this is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you take Mm -hmm. the second day of the month, and then you use that to choose which Psalms that you could pray from that day, and it makes it to where there's five. So if you start on the second, you add 30, and it makes it 32. So you're looking at Psalm 2, Psalm 32, Psalm 62, mm-hmm. Psalm 92, stop, so on. Stop before you forget how to do yeah, the math. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ask, asking the youth to tell you the Psalms of the day in like five seconds or less. Psalm 152. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Psalm yeah. 152. There just you go. Keep, I mean, going. Yeah. Yeah, just keep on going. But you end up with five yeah. different Psalms, and you just thumb through them real quick. Yeah, it's in there. And book. whatever... Like if one of them jumps out at you, you know, then go ahead and pray that one. If one, mm-hmm. like if you're in a downcast mood that day, and the psalm you turn to is "Oh, praise the Lord," it's like that doesn't really feel like it's from the heart necessarily. But then there's one about just going through trouble or whatever. Yeah, and then you said. I think on the thirty first day of the month, he encourages you to do Psalm one nineteen, a section of it on each each yeah. one that has a thirty one or mm-hmm. something like that. It's something like that. Yeah, so you but can that's helpful that just to give you a variety. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't know what to turn to today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Just do the Psalms of the day. There's actually an app called Five Psalms that oh, does really? it, that does it for you, and oh. it even has the Psalms right there. It changes nice. every day. So an example of this, I guess, would be if you take the twenty third Psalm, just famous Psalm, the first line, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." If you're praying through this Psalm, what I would encourage you to do is first is to read the Psalm. So read the whole Psalm first, then go back to the to the first verse, and he says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And so as you're praying, you're reflecting on what does it mean that the Lord is my shepherd. And so you're just trying to think through that. And then maybe you're praying to God, God, I thank you that you are a good shepherd, the Bible tells us. Um, I know my mind goes to uh, how Jesus would find 
the lost sheep, right? He'd leave the 99 to go find the one. And so you think, God, that was, that was me. You know, you found me. You're a shepherd who actually loves me and, mm. and takes care of me. And my mind goes to like David talking about in the field, I have to fight off bears and all these different things for my sheep. Like, God, that's what you do for me. You, you love me and you protect me and you want good for me, it says. And so, God, I thank you that you're my shepherd, right? And that you care for me. And David says, I shall not want. What does that mean? Because I feel like I want all the time. And so I'm reflecting on that. God, you know there's things that I want. God, help me with that. There's probably things that I want that I shouldn't want. And so I want to confess those sins to you. I confess mm-hmm. the sin of, of uh, you know, wanting what other people have and trying to trying to live that sort of life. I'm trying to, right? It's, that, that's just how my mind is going in that one verse. <clears throat> and you do that with each verse. You just kind of walk through it and you reflect on it. And what you'll find is as you spend more time doing this in the Psalms and as you get to know your Bible better, that becomes more of an enriching time because your mind, God will use that to have you think about different chapters, different verses, different things in Scripture. And then what you'll find is five minutes, ten minutes of prayer goes by, and you've read a psalm, you've reflected on it, uh, you've praised God, you've worshipped Him, you've thanked Him, and you've honored Him in that prayer because it was scripture driven. And so it's not just a prayer of like, all right, God, get ready. Here comes the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me laugh. I'm not saying praying that way. It's a reflection of it, um, which I think is very helpful uh, in a practical, in a Mm -hmm. practical way. And so I'd encourage people to do that if they can. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I think um, one of the things that it does that is that it, the, the catechism, the shorter catechism says prayers and offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will. So what this does by anchoring it in scripture, it actually shows that prayer is our response to God's words to us. So God speaks, we respond in prayer. And so I think that that by anchoring it in scripture, that is, that is really important. One of the things that I think is another thing that can be helpful in prayer is finding um, a, a hymnal, can be helpful um, because uh, actually in some ways you think about it singing and praise is actually in some ways can also be categorized just under prayer um, a broader application of prayer and actually having a hymnal and reading through the verses yourself um, in metric uh, in the in the meter that it's set in or finding a um, the meter I don't know what that the means. meter that's the verse Shh. Three feet. That's the sound of that going over my head. Reading it from three oh foot away. Goodness. That's about a meter. Wow. Yeah, it's I'm, a musical I'm, term. I'm with you. It's a poem it's term. I'm American. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, it's wow. poetic. Wow. Yeah, it's either a poem or the uh, or the song. But then also finding a, um, you talk about the Psalms. I Sometimes even finding, you know, people have put the Psalms in meter mm-hmm. and reading them, you know, like um, like we opened up at the basics conference with Psalm 100. You know, all people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice, him serve with myrrh, his praise forth tell, come ye before him and rejoice. I mean, like you put, you put them in, 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 in like that, and then you can actually sing them. You can actually just take those words then and own them or the Lord's my shepherd. There's some beautiful versions of that as well, or even a hymns that have been based off of that, um, you know, I think about the song, the hymn savior, like a shepherd lead us much. We need thy tender care. Um, you know, hymns like that that are based off even those things. They're just helpful for me mm-hmm. to, to, to reflect and to stir up within my heart gratitude to God. And they can actually help you, I think, in some ways um, with prayer, with your prayer life. And, and also just, I think another thing is, is just practically just do it. 
because the way that you develop the habit of prayer is by praying. And don't pray. This is the, this is the temptation of Satan, I think, is we start praying and we start thinking that if we feel it, we've prayed. Mm. Or instead of praying and asking God to give us things, we're trying to feel. C.S. Lewis talks about this. We start to, instead of praying for forgiveness, we start to feel, try, we are actually just trying to feel forgiven. <laughs> yeah. And so also just directing your heart and your mind to him and just do it regardless of how you feel direct, you know, stir yourself up through the hymns or Psalms and the Bible, and then direct your gaze to him mm-hmm. because that's your prayers aren't acceptable because you really meant it. Mm-hmm. Your prayers are, are acceptable because Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason your prayers are acceptable in his sight. And I think that's just encouraging just to do it, just keep going. And there is something in the old Testament, you know, they worship the Lord at the morning and the evening sacrifice. And you'll see even the Psalms. It's interesting. The first, after Psalm 2, there's a pattern, I believe, um, where it starts reflecting in the morning and the evening, in like 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. I'd have to go back and relook at that. But the mm-hmm. point is, is that, you know, uh, there was a, a, a pattern uh, and, a, and a rhythm to religious life in the Old Testament. It was 1 and 7 on the Sabbath, and then it was also morning and evening. And I think that we would not be wise to neglect that rhythm at some level in our lives Mm. um, because that helps to bracket your whole day and hopefully develop that habit of prayer that as needs arise and as you're going through your day, you're, you're, you're ready. You're spiritually minded. Your mind has been renewed Mm. to where it's not strange to call upon God, your father anymore. It's not strange to pray those Nehemiah prayers Mm -hmm. because you've, you know, you've been in that rhythm. Another guy I think about is Daniel, right? He was, caught because he was rhythmically praying every at certain set times and uh, you don't have to set yourself a new law for this but um it's a great gift um another one last thing is and tim you brought this out it's because sometimes we think well god already knows everything why pray well that's misunderstood god doesn't need your prayers you need them (laughs) god made prayer for you because he knows that we're going to, we're foolish and we trust ourselves. And so by forcing us to our knees, it puts us back in the proper place because we don't like to be on our knees before God and seeking him in prayer and asking for things. We like to earn things, but whenever we're down there worshiping him and asking for help, that's a place that we, we need to be more um, in our hearts and in our minds, I think. Yeah, that's some good advice. I Something that you said kind of jogged my mind of, thinking that another reason why we don't pray, people don't pray, is because they they don't really want to, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have a desire to pray. Right. Like we, It feels like a chore rather than a delight, mm-hmm. almost. And mm-hmm. that you brought that out in your sermon too, Tim. And I think what that does for many people, I know it does for me sometimes, is it makes me feel guilty mm. because I know I should want to pray, mm-hmm. but I don't want to right now. Like I don't, I'm bored or I, I want to get on and do something else. And so I think that's why, like Donald Whitney's book is called The Spiritual Disciplines, is because, like you said, sometimes you do just have to discipline yourself to do these things. Right. But I think what you'll find is that even if it's a discipline at first, it will soon become a delight. Yeah, yes. and I, I really think that is the biggest struggle in prayer. Um, I don't remember where in the sermon I mentioned this, but how prayer really is an overflow of the heart of having a spirit filled, which is which is what Paul's been talking about in Ephesians. And I'm writing this to people who are spirit filled. The overflow of your heart is prayer, is is talking with God. And 
I, I think this is where it shows our flesh and our weakness, just like the disciples who were asked to go and pray with Jesus right before he gets arrested. We, we can look at them and ridicule them because of their weakness, but that was their flesh. Their flesh was weak. They kept falling asleep. I'm sure we've been there before mm-hmm. just with falling asleep, but we realize how weak our, our flesh is. And then also just spiritually how little effort we put into it. I mean, we're uh, us four here are always going to say that God does that work in our life, that we, we don't earn grace. He gives us grace. Uh, but there are these disciplines that he gives us and says, this is what you need to help you grow. And so be in the word, be a part of church service. Don't neglect being together, right? Uh, the Psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs of singing. Uh, we can go we can go on and on with, with more of these different things. When we start to neglect those, we start to see the impact of neglecting those things in our life. And one of the big areas is prayer because prayer starts to disappear out of our, out of our life. Any real prayer, I would say a good attitude of prayer because we don't have that overflow. We're running bone dry. We're, we're running on, on nothing. And so, uh, if that, if that's you, I I tried to end the sermon in a, in a positive way because the Bible does say that God has even solved that problem for us and our weakness in our flesh when it comes to prayer by the fact that we're told that Jesus as the Son of God is sitting at the right hand of the Father at this moment interceding for us on our behalf over and over again. And then also in Romans, it talks about how this is the job of the Holy Spirit as well, that the Holy Spirit cries out to the Father in words that we can't. We Even what I don't know to pray for myself, the Holy Spirit is praying for me in that. And that's such a that's such a comforting thing to think about, to think about how yeah, I fail in my prayer life so often, but God never fails in it for me. He's right there uh, praying for me. And even in prayer, how we see the truths of the doctrines of, like, say, the Trinity, right? We, we go to the Father in prayer through the Son, our mediator, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has just wrapped himself in us to even be able to pray. And then he's there praying praying for us. And so wherever you find yourself, you know, today in your prayer life, uh, I would encourage you one don't be too discouraged because of this truth that the Son of God and the Holy Spirit is there praying for you. But also don't sit in that same position. You know, I'm definitely one who's like, you know, pick yourself up and go. Uh, I definitely have that mentality at times. And with prayer, I think for some of you we need to hear that. Me me included in that. Pick yourself up and start doing this. If you say you don't have time, wake up a half hour earlier. You know, uh, if you say you don't have time, you can make time. We all make time for things. We do. And that's not a great excuse. Sure, there might be days that it slips by or something like that, but it shouldn't be normal. Uh, do it. Start spending time praying. Do the practical things we've talked about here. Pray through a psalm. Write some things down. Whatever whatever it might be. Uh do those things and let God then work in that because he will. This is what he's given us to to work through. You know, I had somebody after church come to me and say, you know, I just I just wish we had more time for corporate prayer and stuff. And so when I was talking to the person, I'm like, well, are you part of a small group? I was, you know, but I, I'm hoping to get back into it. Well, that's one of the things. The reason we have home groups is for you to do corporate prayer together. You know, where you can talk to each other, share needs, share prayer requests with each other, and then have a short time of prayer where we can be held accountable to one another in that. Like, that's an active thing. Are you here on Sunday morning? We pray. Are you here on Sunday night? We pray. Do you go to Sunday school? 
there's prayer, there's prayer in Sunday school. Right? It's like there are times for that. And so to, to this was, and this wasn't in this conversation. They weren't saying like, we don't have it there. That wasn't that. Um, but don't say, Oh, our church, our church doesn't do that. Yep. Yeah, we do. You just got to make yourself available to those times and to those, to those things. It, it's there for us. So hopefully some practical things, uh, from, from this passage, uh, about prayer, praying at all times and the spirit being alert in our, in our prayers. Uh, and also then lastly, which we didn't mention, but then praying for all the saints. And that's part of the home group thing too, is where we have a time to pray for each other. And on Sunday nights as well at our church in the evening, we always try to open up prayer requests for people to share because it's just easier to do in the evening service uh, so that we can be, be praying for, for one another. And so, like I said, I'm sure uh, everybody listening and those in this room with me as well, when we look at our prayer life, we had to grade ourselves on a scale of 1 to 10. We probably all would not give ourselves the best grade, would be my guess. Um, but there's no need to fret. We're still alive, we're still breathing, and we can still pray. And we need to just be faithful to that, knowing that God loves us, that he cares for us. And as Whitney said, it's a royal invitation to him. Come to me. Come pray. Come seek my face. I'm here. I love you. I care for you. Um, and that's very inviting. So we want to be people of prayer. We want to be a church of prayer. And so I encourage you that in that. Well, uh, thank you for listening uh, today. We look forward to this coming Sunday. As I said, we'll be in Ephesians again, probably two more messages in Ephesians, and then we will wrap it up. We have summer coming, so we'll be in the Psalms and some some different things as well. So hopefully uh, we have the privilege of seeing you this coming Sunday, Lord willing. Uh, but I also hope that from here till Sunday that you have a blessed week. So God bless.